Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Rewind. Hoping, hopefully, you're gleefully listening to this as you punched your ticket. To a fantasy Super Bowl this week in your quarterfinals. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy. Getting ready to recap a big fantasy week with my good buddy, the fantasy Taz Jim Day. Taz, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Scott. How are you doing tonight? Uh, doing all right. Uh, whether it's uh, well, you know, maybe it might not be tonight. It might be early a.m. Somebody might be listening to this on demand. Okay, how you doing, Scott? I'm doing okay. Good. No matter what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, have you punched your ticket to any fantasy Super Bowls? Uh, nothing guaranteed yet. I, I I think I have a good shot in eight of them that I was going for this weekend. The other seven don't look so hot right now. <laughs> okay, you have 15 out of, out of how many leagues? 26. 20, that's not bad. It was a pretty uh, good season, but I, I, yeah. I'm, this week kind of kicked my butt in a lot of leagues, as it did to I, a lot of people. Yeah, I'm in 10 leagues. I made it to the quarterfinals in six. Uh, I'm already officially moved on in three, and two are hanging in the balance. Including, good job, the, good job. including the Fantasy Frenzy Auction League. Nice. Which is interesting, yes. Okay, so let, let's look at some injuries from today. Uh the big one, Aaron Jones uh, suffered a knee injury in the first half against the Bears. Did not come back. Uh, NFL Network is saying it's a sprained MCL. So Jamal Williams had opened the door to, for him to have a pretty good game. Do you think he's going to be a very hot pickup this upcoming week? Oh, I'm sure he will be, no doubt about it. Everybody wants that starting running back that they can get, and he will have that position, no doubt. Of, you know, it, with that Jones, it, even with a sprained MCL, he's not coming back next week. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see. There's a report it's not serious, but uh, with a sprained MCL, uh, you know, we'll keep you updated on Fantasy Sports Network and on RotoExperts.com next week just just how serious it is. Uh, but, you know, that's why we told people all along, keep the uh, NFL backups to your top running backs, you know, rostered throughout the playoffs because if you did roster Jamal Williams uh, to Aaron Jones, as a handcuff to Aaron Jones, now you don't have to run out to the wave wire and scramble for, scramble for him, Jim. Well, I'll be honest. He was not on my watch list. Uh, you know, even if I had Jones, I really didn't think much of Williams enough to, to want to have him on my bench. But uh, he, had, he had a very serviceable day today, so I can't complain about that if you had to play him, although probably nobody did. No. Uh, Frank Gore was carted off the field with an ankle injury in the second quarter. Uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, Kalen Balaj uh, actually came in and had a huge 76-yard run 
in a hundred yard game. Uh, Kalen Bellage, you know, could this be the uh, the running back of Week 16 and the future for the Miami Dolphins? Oh, he could look. There were a lot of guys that liked him coming out of the draft and thought he'd get you know some playing time this year. It didn't quite work out that way, but when he got the chance today, he definitely had a good game. I mean, didn't you call that this morning? No, I thought I think you did. Yeah, it definitely wasn't me. Yeah, you said <laughs> Sterling Shepard was going to have a great game this morning. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be telling no lies. <laughs> Uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, Marcus Murphy started for them today, but uh, he actually uh, he actually had to come out with an arm injury. And then his backup, Kenneth Ford, got injured. At one point, the Bills were down to, like, only their fullback playing halfback, yeah. Patrick DeMarco. <laughs> uh, look, you know, it definitely, it, man, when it goes bad, it goes bad fast, doesn't it, in this league? <laughs> it just does. Yeah, well, the Buffalo Bills did win the ball game. They're not making the playoffs. Let's look at some those some of the key injuries. A lot more were on defense and on offensive line. DeAndre Hopkins, the top scorer of the week, uh, with 39 fantasy points on ESPN, 10 catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. That's why you drafted DeAndre Hopkins where you did if you owed him or you gave up whatever you traded for him. Uh, Derek Henry. Another spectacular performance against uh, against uh, Jim's Giants. 33 carries, 170 yards, and two touchdowns. All of a sudden, Derrick Henry, like he did in the NFL playoffs last year, has turned into this fantasy stud. Uh, he's got over 77 PPR points in the last two weeks, and he's got Washington in Week 16. Uh, it makes you wonder what have the Titans waited for? You know that now they're still hanging here in the playoff race, and all of a sudden, Derrick Henry, deep into the fantasy playoffs, is playing spectacular for fantasy owners. It's like defenders can't bring him down when he when, when he counts. What have they waited for all season with this guy? Yeah, it makes you wonder. Look, he, he's done this before, though. He's shown signs of he could be a, a top running back, and then he fades. And then he comes back, and then he fades, and then he comes back. You know, I, I don't know what got into his juice the last two weeks, but somebody should be doing a pee test. Oh, all right. Uh, unfounded accusations from the fantasy <laughs> Taz tonight. But, Although you know, maybe, I should real, I maybe should there's a running back that just doesn't need to be in a timeshare and just needs to be constantly well, I, I fed the ball. I agree wholeheartedly. I yeah. 100% agree with that. There definitely are a lot of running backs that need to they get better as the, the, you know, as the game goes on, as they get into a groove. I totally agree with that. Um, the the good thing is I'm sitting here criticizing the guy that's very likely to carry me into two championship games for the last two weeks. He's basically carrying my team. Well, that that's how you are, Jim. I've learned that. You know, if people <laughs> people reward you with success, you you tend to criticize them. You've you've done it with Eli Manning. Eli sucks. Yeah, he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. But yeah, Derrick Henry's... Time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he has two more than Phillip Rivers, I'll tell you that. But uh, <laughs> Derrick Henry is a guy, I guess, we, you know, there's what they call in the NFL a rhythm back, and you got to keep handing him the ball for them to get into rhythm. Uh, Dalvin Cook, we were talking about uh, this this morning and heading up to this week about we would probably see more of him. The Vikings needed to reestablish him, and he had his best day of the season with 136 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Only uh, one catch for 27 yards, but with all the rushing production, it almost didn't matter. He had his best game of the year, 
and he's got Detroit coming up in the fantasy championship week. Dalvin Cook's been a disappointment overall this year, but uh, you know certainly had a spectacular day in a great matchup. And he's coming along at just the right time for fantasy owners. If you waited long enough and you held on to him all year, you know he's paying off for you right now. There's no doubt he's had you know three good weeks in a row. Joe Mixon is expected at a very good day against the Raiders. 27 carries, 129 yards, and two touchdowns. Only two catches for minus one yards, but we won't complain about that. Chris Carson in Seattle, stunning overtime loss to San Francisco. Uh, had his best day of the year. Uh, 22 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, one, one of the... One of the most impressive touchdown runs you'll see all season. Uh, they thought that they had him stuffed in the backfield, and with the second effort, he actually got into the end zone. He's got Kansas City, Kansas City, in a championship week. And uh, Chris Carson has, uh, you know, continued to play real well when he's healthy. He scored four times in the last five games, and this was his fourth 100-yard game of the season. Yeah, Chris Carson has definitely been a boon for this offense. You know, they expected Penny to be the guy when they drafted him. And, you know, Carson, after the injury last year, everybody was suspect about him. But he has played very well when he's on the field. And, you know, hopefully he can get over these little injury quirks and give us a full season because I'd like to see what he could do in a full year. Yeah, not only is he physical at the point of attack, but he was running around and and past people today in a very impressive performance. What an impressive! Like you said, he's a guy who builds up steam. When he gets his steam going, he he definitely he's a strong running back. There's no doubt about it. He can bowl people over. He can make hit the attack it just the way you like to see a a back big back do. Uh, he he's a good running back. And like you said, that touchdown run was just spectacular. If you haven't seen it yet, please make sure to go watch it. It, it just a thing of beauty for the, a guy that just was determined to get in the end zone. Yeah, I spoke to Carson in Seattle two weeks ago, and I spoke to him about his style. He said, I want to make the defense feel me. He said, uh, like that's always been, <laughs> been, been my style. And he also said to me, he said, uh, you know, I don't want to let my fantasy owners down if those people are going to put faith in me. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah. We've seen a few few players make some, uh, make some you know, Tweets at, at fantasy owners, things like that. Keenan Allen apologized for, for not doing anything this past week. Apologized to fantasy owners. There were a couple others that did things like that. So, you know, it's nice to see that they, they're thinking about us as much as, well, maybe not as much as, but like we think about them. <laughs> it's nice they're positively regarding us. Marlon exactly. Mack uh, had really fallen off the last few weeks. And uh, this did look like against a good matchup against Dallas defense. That only allowed one rushing touchdown and one uh, and no seventy yard, seventy yard plus yard rushes in the last five games, but uh, Marlon Mack had the first one hundred yard rushing game against Dallas since two thousand fifteen, and uh, looked as good as he did a few weeks ago. Twenty seven carries, one hundred thirty nine yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, you know this was the Marlon Mack that we had seen in week seven and week eight. Uh, and he's now scored three times in the past two games, and he gets the Giants in Fantasy Championship Week. Uh, bounce back in a big way this week. Yeah, it was a big game, and it, uh, I feel bad I'd never noticed this, but he actually got his center back this week. Uh, uh, yeah, which, Kelly. You know, has been hell. Yeah, Ryan Kelly back, and they do so much better as a running attack when he was in there. I didn't, I didn't realize he was coming back today. I thought he was out another week, so that kind of hurt me. Yeah, the. Uh, 
The Cowboys getting shut out by the Colts, who have played real good defense uh, recently. Oh, yeah. How about them Cowboys? I get to say that to Corey tomorrow. Shut out. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> it was the you first guys time are ready in... for the playoffs. Yeah. The first time in 15 years the Cowboys have been shut out. Ooh, Jerry Jones must be in a mood tonight. I want everybody in my office now, God damn it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Matt Ryan today, 231 passing yards, uh, two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. He was one of the best on where, where it really wasn't a big day for fantasy quarterbacks. Well, here, I'll give you a point. So far on the week, there's only been three quarterbacks that have 20 or more fantasy points this week. Back in week 12, there were 15 quarterbacks that had 20 fantasy points or more. There's only been three so far this week. All right. And, uh, you know, that's notwithstanding what happens in the Sunday night game or the Monday, or the Monday night, night game. Night. As we, as I agree. We that's why this. I said so far. Yes, so far. Uh, Doug Baldwin with his best game of the year. Four catches for 77 yards and uh, two touchdowns. Uh, Baldwin uh, was not able to play with an injury uh, last week, but, uh, you know, was able to catch two touchdown passes. It's very encouraging. Baldwin has caught three touchdown passes in his last three games. He's not been the wide receiver one uh, that he was expected to be when he was healthy. Injuries have gotten the best of him, but he scored twice today, and he's got Kansas City next week. That, that second touchdown catch was a, was a beautiful over-the-shoulder catch, too, that he just stretched out and got. That, that was really nice. I I didn't like Baldwin at all today, this week, just because, you know, he didn't practice most of the week. They really weren't sure if he was going to go until, like, last night. They said, okay, he's expected to play. And, he you know, he goes out and he has one of his best games. Yeah, said a good matchup for next week for you to use him as a wide receiver three. Uh, Devontae Adams does what Devontae Adams does, but he didn't get in the end zone. Eight cap, but he won't complain about eight catches for 119 yards. Uh, Kenny Galladay with a pleasant surprise today, what we thought was a tough matchup. Seven catches for 146 yards. Very encouraging after he had only had 10.5 total PPR points in his previous two games. He gets Minnesota next week, but uh, you have to continue to go to the Galladay well because of the volume. Well, this was... Uh... A couple of his catches he made today were just amazing. Uh, he, he ripped one right out of the defender's hands. Uh, you know, another he went right over the top. This is the Kenny Galladay that, you know, we expected to see and the last couple of weeks let us down. And then today it looked like on paper, it looked like a daunting matchup with him going up against White uh, for most of this game. Yet he, he just took it to him. He played a great game. Um, just... just I, one of the, one of those games you just can't see coming. Robert Foster, what else does this guy got to do to prove anything to us? Four catches for 108 yards and a touchdown. That is now three 100-yard games uh, since he came off the practice squad in Week 10 in five and four 90-plus yard games and uh, two touchdowns in his last four. Robert Foster is looking; he's doing a, not, not a lot of targets either. But uh, he's looking like a big play wide receiver three that you want to start next week against New England. I, I, I'm right there with you. This is a guy I kind of like coming in today. I, I mean, you're always a little hesitant uh, of these guys that come out of nowhere, but he has been playing good, and uh, he cemented it again with another strong day. And, you know, in, in a day where Zay Jones did nothing, he stepped up and had a great game. I'm wondering now if defenses are going to start to like try to take away Robert Foster. 
instead of trying to take away Zay Jones. Well, that's very real possibility. So we may see the flip-flop, and that's the problem you have to deal with. You don't know if he can do this well against the top defensive backs yet, and it's going to be hard to trust in championship week. Yeah, but you know what, though? A lot of the wide receiver three types have been hard to trust altogether. I agree. I you know, this guy, this guy now has a nice five-game sample size, so you've got to take him real seriously. I agree I'm with that as well. Yeah, you know, another, another big play today. Uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills eking out a, a win over the Detroit Lions 14-13 to in a game uh, only fantasy players were really paying attention to. I don't even know if Lions fans were paying attention anymore. They, they used to be out of it by this time of year. We'll talk about the Atlanta Falcons coming up next here on the Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day recapping a dramatic week uh, week six, 15. I guess in some of my teams are already moving on. I'm already talking about week 16. Atlanta just destroying the Arizona Cardinals today, 40-14. to 14. Uh, Daily Roto really liked Tevin Coleman today. And uh, Coleman, who's been a disappointment this year, uh, with his best game of the season, 145 rushing yards, and a touchdown actually had another 44-yarder uh, called back by a penalty, really taking advantage of the matchup. But uh, Coleman's been a big disappointment this entire season. Going to hit free agency. Probably won't be back with Atlanta, and I think we have to be skeptical, uh, you know, of what we're going to see with him if he plays more than a part-time role anywhere else. Uh, he does get Carolina in Week 16. Well, it, it did also help a little bit. Edo Smith went out with a knee injury as well. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, Coleman just had a good game. 11 carries, 145 yards. Uh, so it's not like, you know, Edo Smith went out and all of a sudden Coleman had 25 carries. He just did really well with the 11 he had uh, against an Arizona defense that just looked like they weren't there. Yeah, that's what playing, the, playing against the Cardinals do to you. Mm. Yeah, nice statistical production. Julio Jones, uh, six catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Julio Jones has now scored uh, six touchdowns in his last uh, seven games after uh, not scoring at all in the first seven. So uh, nice second half for Julio Jones. He's got Carolina in fantasy championship week. Yeah, there's not much you can say about Julio. He's having a great year. The six touchdowns stopped all that nonsense about, oh, he hasn't caught any touchdowns. He's a terrible wide receiver. Uh, so the six touchdowns puts him right back up there. But the yardage has been there consistently all year. And he, he's just showing why he is the elite wide receiver in the league. Yeah, I don't think anybody said he was terrible. But, uh, you know, he was kind of frustrated with that with that category. Josh Allen, uh, 
204 passing yards today, one touchdown. Had a rushing touchdown, but as Taz pointed out the uh, this uh, the Sunday morning, the uh, Lions can be kind of stingy rushing yardage-wise. He only had 16 rushing yards, but uh, well, the last two weeks, 18, 19 points. Uh, you know, Allen was still was still able to give you two touchdowns, so he gave you a decent floor. And he outproduced a, a lot of other really good quarterbacks this week, as you know, most people thought he would. It just, you know, it wasn't rushing this week. He, he just, you know, that rushing touchdown absolutely helped. But 204 yards and a touchdown without turning the ball over is good as well. Jamal Williams, we mentioned, 96 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Uh, Jamal Williams will get uh, will get the Jets in Week 16 and may, may very well start. If he does, that's going to be a nice matchup for him. I, I like that. You know, he, he did this against a, a tough Chicago defense in Chicago. So, you know, you definitely can't take anything away from that. Had a good game. All right. Uh, moving along. Jalen Samuels, much better as a rusher today. 19 carries for 142 yards, only two catches for 30 yards. was a major factor as uh, the Steelers uh, beat the Patriots. And uh, if you played him at tight end, you got a nice 19-plus uh, point day. And uh, But James Conner is going to be back next week. But Jalen Samuels boosted a lot of fantasy teams into their Super Bowl. He sure did. And, you know, there's already people out there talking about, oh, should he should he take the place of Conner? Uh, even if Connor comes back next week, uh, you know, people want to overreact. Wait till at least Monday. Yeah, well, already reports that Connor coming back in week 16. We've seen one good week and one one bad week in terms of rushing for Samuels. Yeah, but at least last week he did it, did it through the air as well. This week he didn't get involved in the passing game at all. Only had two uh, two targets, caught both of them for 30 yards. But definitely not as involved in the passing game this week. But he sure did run well today against New England. David Johnson, uh, only 11 carries for 33 yards, but he did have a rushing touchdown. Three catches for 68 yards. 19.1 points, but the rushing numbers were certainly disappointing. Uh, we don't care. Fantasy owners, I don't care. You get me 33 yards as long as you get me 19 fantasy points, you can run for 33 yards. I'm okay with that. Mitch Trubisky today, 20 of 28 completions, but only 235 yards. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, but still in a week where, as you pointed out, not a lot of uh, fantasy passers had much upside. He still had 19 points, and he he goes to San Francisco next week. Well, well, San Francisco played really tough tough against Seattle today. Let's see what they can do against Chicago next week. Well, uh, Russell Wilson had the same amount of points that Mitch Trubisky did as he went for 237 passing yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. Oh, yeah, look at that. Uh, Almost identical numbers, yeah, really. Actually, <laughs> they, they both had 19 points. So I guess we <laughs> we should know what we should expect from Mitchell Trubisky next week. There you go. But, I mean, look if you look at all their, you know, like uh, Russell Wilson had three more attempts, three more completions. He had two more passing yards. And then he had five rushes for 15 yards as opposed to Trubisky's three rushes for 16 yards. I mean, that, that, that's about as identical as you can get. Pretty much. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott today, 18 carries for 87 yards, uh, seven, ca- seven catches for 41 yards. Uh, Peyton Barber today with 19 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. That was a surprising performance against the Baltimore Ravens, and he get, he does get Dallas next week, which is another seemingly tough matchup. Yeah, I did not like 
Barber in this matchup at all going up against Baltimore in Baltimore. Uh, like you said, but he did. He, he, he ran well, you know, got that nice touchdown. You take that any day. And, you know, 85 yards against Baltimore, that's a good day. That's definitely a good day. Can you have confidence in starting Barber as a flex in Week 16? No. <laughs> I really can't. Uh, he's, got four you know, rushing, hey, look, he's got four rushing touchdowns in his last five games. No, I, I understand that. But, uh, again, going against Dallas, although Mac, you know, had a good game against Dallas today, you know, I, I, man, Barber, he's one of those guys I really just don't trust no matter what. <laughs> so it might just be my bias in this, and I'll admit to that. Lamar Jackson, 131 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, 18 carries for 95 yards as he continues to get it done as a rusher, but he's only cracked 20 points once. Yeah, everybody's relying on those heavy rushing yards, but he's just not doing enough with his arm. Um, you know, hey, hey, look, this is for fantasy because obviously in the real world he did enough to get the win. Uh, he won the game against Tampa Bay, and that's what they needed him to do. But for fantasy, you know, we're, we're still looking for more from the starting quarterback. So a lot of people were pretty high on him this week, definitely, you know, but uh, didn't really get the numbers we'd like to see. But then again, so many quarterbacks didn't this week. Yeah, it wasn't a big quarterback week. Uh, Gus Edwards. Uh Re, uh, how should I say, uh, reaffirming the faith of owners who used him today. Uh, 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Edwards ran really, really well. Uh, you know, with a game with a with a, with a long carry and also sealed the win and put the game out of reach. Uh, it was good to see Edwards perform that well after last week. Uh, you know, seeing Kenneth Dixon seriously cut into his workload. And I thought Dixon would today. Actually, Dixon, I'm pretty sure, outsnapped him today. But, you know, Gus Edwards wasn't having any of it. He wanted his job back. He wanted there to be no doubt that he was the, the better runner of the two. And he did a damn good job of it today. Uh, Mike Evans today with an encouraging performance. Four catches for 121 yards in a tough matchup. But he has not scored in his last four games. Well, you know, he did get you a good fantasy day. You'll take that in a game where, I mean, Jameis Winston was just terrible, didn't get anything done. Evans really, you know, the, the cream of the crop at that point for for them and got you 16 points. You got to take what you can get out of, out of him. He's been so darn inconsistent. You got to love this game. Julian Edelman with seven catches for 90 yards today. Uh, that's uh... – He's had double-figure performances in all but one game uh, this this year in PPR in which he's played. So, uh, you know, you know what you get from Julian Edelman. Uh, you know, no sh- no shock there. Uh, moving on, uh, Stefan Diggs with four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. Looks like he might be rolling early, but, uh, you know, still got 15 points. Uh, thought he might get a little bit more, but that's fine. Evan Ingram today. Eight catches for 75 yards uh, without Odell Beckham Jr. in the picture. He's had uh, two consecutive 70-yard games. Yeah, at least this one was on more catches, you know, 12 targets in this one. They were Eli was going to him early and often. Uh, of course, it didn't work out for the Giants as they took the, the nut on the day. Uh, but Ingram, you know, good to see him rounding back into form, uh, albeit a little late. Kirk Cousins today, uh, 14 of 21, 215 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Hit some big plays 
but the numbers were still disappointing. I think we expected a rebound performance this week, and we just didn't get it. Uh, you know, he is not cracked. Uh, he he is he is not he's not uh, cracked eighteen fantasy points in uh, in six in six of his last seven games. Well, in this one, at least, you know, it really came down to he just didn't have to as well. You know, they were getting right. the running game going. You know, Dalvin Cook had a good game. Uh, Latavius Murray scored. They were getting the rushing game going, which is something we talked about early on Sunday morning that, you know, they needed to get that running game reestablished, and they did that today. So, you know, he didn't have to throw a lot, only 21 passes for him. Uh, I believe that's probably his fewest of the year, I think. Um, so, you know, Definitely didn't have to do much, but, you know, still 215 yards, two touchdowns. He was one of the brighter spots at quarterback today. Larry Fitzgerald with seven catches for 82 yards. Uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald almost seems like the, the, the Jalen Rashard right now of uh, fantasy wide receivers. There's something of a floor there, but there's really no ceiling. Uh, you know, the seven catches are nice, but uh, he's had only one game this year when he's got over 90 yards. And he hasn't scored in his last three. Yeah, no, definitely, it's a it's a tough one for him. It, luckily, you know, today was all garbage time for him. But fantasy owners love garbage time, so we'll take whatever we can get. Uh, but it, I mean, this this game was all Atlanta right from the get go. Uh, although he did score, and of course that counts. Antonio Brown, four catches for forty nine yards. Uh, he only has seventy four receiving yards in his last two games. True, but that that was also he, he got the thirteenth touchdown of the year, um, and he 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 did a couple things. He, he got the thirteenth touchdown of the year, which is the most receiving touchdowns in a single season in Steeler history. He's he matched himself from twenty fourteen, and he had twelve in twenty sixteen. But not only that, he also he came in second for the fewest games to a. 11,000 career receiving yards in NFL history. The only one that did it in fewer games was Calvin Johnson at 127. Not 127. It took uh, Brown 129. That's why the Taz is here to quote items like that. Jordy Nelson. I like things uh, like that. That's interesting yes. to me. Six catches for 88 yards. He now has three consecutive PPR double-figure performances, Taz. Yeah, I like uh, Nelson coming into this. Carr has been playing better. Uh, didn't Carr didn't really play very well today, but Nelson was still highly involved. They targets uh, got you where you needed to be, just under 15 points. You'll take that from Jordy Nelson if you had to start him today. Matt Breida was able to start today and uh, got most of the reps at running back. 50 rushing yards on 17 carries, but also five catches for 46 yards. Uh, looking like you can plug him back next week. Uh, you know when you look at, the, but also. They do play the Bears next week, so I don't know how much upside you can expect from Breida next week. Well, plus you got to be worried because at, towards the end of this game, he actually aggravated his ankle again. Um, so there's going to be some concern this week of you know how badly he re-aggravated the ankle and what that's going to do to him. So make sure you keep in mind you know as the practice week goes on, look at those practice reports and see what they're saying about him. Jordan Howard, 19 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. That's two consecutive double-figure performances in PPR formats. Well, 
again, this is another team that's trying to reestablish that run. They want to try and get, you know, that running game going again. Tariq Cohen has been fabulous for them all year, but in the passing game, not the running game. You know, this is Chicago going, you know, into you know, late December, cold weather games. They, they want to be able to know that they have a guy that they can count on to run the ball. And, you know, he's just starting to get to a point now where he's, you know, he, look, it wasn't a great day. 19 carries, 60 yards. Not a great average, uh, you know, got one catch. Okay, we'll take that. But he got you where we needed to be for fantasy. Hopefully he just continues this trend of at least getting you into that, you know, 12 or more fantasy points. Uh, then you can start slop, slotting him back in into that flexing with a little consistency. It's uh, He's got a tough matchup next week, I believe. Uh, sorry, I just missed who it was. Um, yeah, he's go, he goes against San Fran, who just, you know, yeah, they, they played a good game today, but they can be run on as Chris Carson did. I just don't know if he's as good as Chris Carson at this point. Tariq Cohen today with just 21 rushing yards, but five catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, you know, he he continues to give you a pretty good floor. Uh, and Tariq Cohen is uh, pretty much locked in as an RB2 in uh, fantasy PPR leagues at this point, no matter what the matchup is. Also had a really nice uh, punt return today as well. Tyler Boyd uh, left with 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 an injury today, but not before he caught four passes for 38 yards and a touchdown. Uh, we won't know if he's able to go next week or not against Cleveland. Uh, Trey Burton today got in the end zone with four catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, Burton uh, now has now has six touchdowns on the year. He scored five of them. In the uh, in the first seven games, uh, playing a lot with Trubisky before he got hurt. He's been so up and down. You know, luckily he hasn't scored in in five games leading into this game, and you know, finally got in the end zone late in the uh, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know that that's a good sign. But he he's just been, you know, after such a hot start, he's really cooled off a lot. It, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up landing. Uh, you know, coming in next year into fantasy drafts. I wonder if people are going to be as high on him. T.Y. Hilton was able to play through an ankle injury today and didn't look like injured in it by whatsoever, catching five passes for 85 yards. Not huge numbers like last week, but, you know, at least two of those receptions were very timely. I didn't actually get a chance to see most of that game, so I, I haven't watched it yet. I'll probably watch it, uh, on you know, when I get – the chance after the show, but you know, look, five for eighty-five on a guy that you weren't even sure was going to start until an hour before game time. Uh, if you put him in there, you'll, you'll take the thirteen and a half points. Yeah, it's interesting because some guys, uh, yeah, they're if they're a game time decision, a lot of time they can't go. But you know, I call it the old Brian Westbrook rule. I remember Brian Westbrook would not practice for the full week. Uh, he'd be game time decision, and then he, they'd play and he'd do well. And you have other guys. Poor game time decisions, and uh, they don't perform well, or they end up being decoys, or they end up being a pitch count. Uh, but you know, we had no indication that it was going to happen to T.Y. Hilton. So, you know, you had to start him if you had him. And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of times, people were worried. They were worried on social media: Will he be on a pitch count? Will he be a decoy? But unless you see those reports, you really can't worry about it. You can't bench a superstar like that. And you know, different players have different 
injury tolerance, and uh, sometimes, you know, the injuries themselves are just different. Yeah, it's different for every player. You know, basically, it's simple as that. Uh, you know, some guys can take the pain, some guys can't. You know, some injuries uh, just tend to really just be more of a nuisance than they are anything else. And while a, a player like Hilton may not practice, if it's a nuisance to him, you know he's going to be on the field. Like like what we saw with Tyreek Hill earlier in the week. You know, he's going to gut it out. He's going to get on the field and do whatever he can. Yeah, and you know, this is why I often say, you know, you listen to the guys at Inside Injuries when they come on the Fantasy Sports Network or – you know, they also appear on Roto Experts because they'll tell you how severe the injury is in grade one, grade two. You know, this was just a grade one ankle injury, Dr. A was saying on Friday. Well, there you go. That's why we listen to those guys and you get the insight you can get. And if you're not listening, then shame on you. Yeah, shame on you, says Taz. Uh, Aaron Rodgers today, uh, 274 passing yards, no touchdowns. One interception. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does have the Jets next week, but it's not like you can trust him in uh, in any matchup. He only has well, he doesn't have two tu- in three of his last four games. He's not thrown more than one touchdown pass. Very down season for Aaron Rodgers. We'll uh, we'll check in on Tom Brady next here on the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on the... Fantasy Football Rewind. It is your friend Scott Engel and Jim Day. If you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to Bet DSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including include, including sides, totals, and player props where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV, or get an edge with live betting at D- live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money at BetDSI. Use the promo code FNTSY100 when signing up and getting 100% bonus deposit match once you've opened up your account. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Contact Us, and send your BetDSI username and get one month of Daily Roto access totally free. That's access to all sports tools and optimizers. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY100 to get your 100% bonus deposit match and one month free membership 
at BetDSI. That's uh, BetDSI. And uh, make sure you use promo code FNTSY100. Okay, let's uh, let's move on here. And uh, can you talk about some of the top performers of uh, week week uh, 15? Dante Pettis with another impressive performance. Five catches for 83 yards. That is now four consecutive double figures uh, performances in PPR. And uh, he has not scored less than... Th- than 13 fantasy PPR points in the last four weeks. Yeah, I like this kid. He's playing well out of the slot. Mullen seems to to want to get him involved. He caught all five of his targets today. You like that? And and again, this is a guy who came into the the game this week who who was questionable for most of the week, didn't really practice a lot, but he got out there and played in a a big, well, I I wouldn't say a big game, sorry, for San Francisco. He he did come out and perform well for them in a big upset over Seattle on uh, on Sunday. So this was a good game for him. Uh, this kid is really starting to cement himself as as a guy that's going to be in talks next week, next year for fantasy drafts and where to get him. Yeah, and uh, with four consecutive double-figure performances in PPR, you would think you'd feel pretty comfortable about him heading into your fantasy Super Bowl if you used him, but he does get the Bears in Week 16. And that's always a killer. It's uh, hard to trust rookie wide receivers against really tight defenses. All right, uh, moving right along here. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, 25 of 36, 279 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, especially for DFS purposes. This game had the highest implied point total of the week uh, for 52. And uh, once again, Brady disappoints. It was an, it was another one touchdown or less performance. Uh, he's got he's got uh, he's got five of those. In his last seven games, uh, you know, Brady's been a big disappointment this year. We, we, we talked about Rodgers. He has Buffalo in Week 16. I don't think you can trust him if you moved on. You know, this game was a big disappointment. It was so was Brady. Oh, yeah, especially after last week. You know, we were saying the same thing before last week's game. Last week he came out and, you know, he looked good. He looked strong. He was making good throws, getting the ball down the field. Today he was just missing wide-open players, and it's just – Back to the Brady we were seeing earlier in the season. It's just hard to know what's going on with him. Actually, we've seen a lot of Rick recently, like four times in the past six weeks. And, uh, you know, just spurts of the old Brady. Uh, it's it's almost like you can't expect to win your fantasy championship with Tom Brady. And this is, you know, this is killing New England at this point. This is the first time they've lost consecutive games in December since 2002. And, and now they're in 2002 is the only season Tom Brady has missed the postseason. Yeah, and uh, they're also at risk now for if they make the playoffs, what they should, uh, that that they probably they, they really hurt their odds of getting a first round bye. They sure have, no doubt about it. I, I mean, you're looking at three teams that now have better records than them: uh, KC, the Chargers, and Houston all have better records in New England. So they're really going to have to fight uh, to get that, that first round by. It's not looking good with the way they're playing. Yeah, well, there were so many, uh, so many New England haters, though, that just wanted badly to go away. And um, I'm sure they're reveling in this. Oh, there's plenty of people out there that hate, hate Tom Brady, hate the, the Patriots, and anything that goes wrong for them, they love. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're America's team. You know, everybody either loves them or they hate them. There's no middle ground. 
Ben Roethlisberger in the same game, 235 passing yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. I think we expected uh, better from Ben as well. And uh, next week he, he goes to travel to New Orleans against a defense that's really been playing much better than a lot of people real, realize. Definitely much better the second half of the season than they were playing the first half, no doubt. And, uh, you know, on the road, we know Ben is not as strong. But like you said, this was a game at home. We expected both these quarterbacks to have good games, a lot of fantasy plays here, and it just did not work out. And, uh, man, it's so hard to, to see some of these things coming on paper. They just look so good one way. And, you know, lately we're just seeing so many of them go the other. The thing with Roethlisberger, though, is he has thrown uh, multiple touchdown passes in in uh, seven of his past eight games, so there is a high floor there. Oh no, he's been a he's been a good fantasy quarterback all season, no doubt. He, he's having a great season for fantasy. Uh, just a, a bad week for him not to really put up the numbers you wanted to see. Yeah, it, it was it was disappointing. Uh, I think we expected more, uh, especially in the daily world with that high implied point total. I'm sure there were a lot of people running Steeler stacks today. Well, this was his his. his worst game of the year and his first game since week four that uh that he didn't score at least 20 fantasy points so this definitely was not what you expected Demarius Thomas uh well that was yesterday so actually that was Saturday so we really don't have to go over that uh you know moving along with some other uh Sunday performances uh Jalen Rashard five catches for 67 yards this was against the Bengals. Defense has been pretty vulnerable all year long to opposing running backs. Uh, he gets Denver next week, but you know, they, there's, there's really no stealing at all with Jalen Rashard right now. It seems like you only use him unless you're absolutely desperate. Another receiving backs, Naheem Hines, four catches for 45 yards, six rushes for 19 yards. Not really a factor today uh, on Sunday. Andrew Luck was very disappointing. Uh one of his worst game of the year, uh, 192 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, because Marlon Mack was doing well uh, for the second. Sec- actually, this is this was his second worst game of the year. But all of a sudden, Andrew Luck, you know, we talked about him being matchup proof on Sunday morning. In the two of the last three games, he hasn't scored 10 points. This game, though, it basically was just because they got out to the early lead. He really didn't need to throw a lot. So he really wasn't throwing a lot. But still, you did expect more even with, with those few. Uh, he still threw the ball 27 times. So you expected more than, you know, 89.7 points. Uh, you you wanted more. That It was definitely a disappointment. There's no way about it. I'm sure he killed a lot of fantasy owners in Week 15. I'm sure he as, did. As and, did the uh... next guy. And we'll get to him in a second, but uh, you know, Luck does draw the Giants next week. It's it's a game where he can he can certainly rebound, and he he's been impressive all year long. It's it's like like you talked about the game flow. It's uh, you know the Colts won with the running game today instead of the passing game, and sometimes that happens to fantasy quarterbacks. You know, we've seen it with with uh, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. Absolutely, it happens. You know, a lot when when. You know, other aspects of the game are are winning the game for you. You know, we've seen that at times when even the defense comes up and makes a couple of big plays or scores points. You know, quarterback just doesn't have to throw as much. They get out to that big lead. They want to run it as much as they can to keep the clock grinding away, keep the other team off the field. And, you know, when that happens, you 
you just uh, there's no easy way to put it. You get screwed. <laughs> not not every player, even the, the the biggest superstars, have a good game every week. But it, it really hurts uh, more than ever when it happens this deep into the fantasy playoffs. And Saquon Barkley with his worst performance of the year: 14 rushes for 31 yards and only four catches for 35 yards. Is that uh, the Giants look completely life look lifeless on offense? And it crept into Barkley today, uh, Sunday as well. It sure did. I mean, he had 10 targets, only caught four of them. Uh, a few of those were definitely not catchable passes from Eli. Uh, it's just it, not what you expected even in this. Tennessee played a, a good tight defense, so I don't want to take away from them. They played a good defense, but the, this Giants offense just looked listless today. Yeah, usually it does, though, but uh, Barkley's still able to get his. Yeah, true. I, you know, like you said, every once in a while, everybody has a down game. This was Barkley's. Yeah, certainly bad timing for it to happen. Can you imagine how many points you scored if you had, say, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, uh, you know, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, uh, and Andrew Luck, like a lineup yeah, you're, like that? you're definitely sitting there looking up. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, Look, this, you, this was one of the worst, worst – uh, it was one of the worst Sundays scoring-wise of the year. Fewest touchdowns, I believe, on the season were scored uh, on Sunday. So yeah, that doesn't hurt and doesn't help anybody, especially when you have a, you know, a few guys, no name guys that really aren't in starting lineups scoring touchdowns. Yeah, not too many blow up games. Leonard Fournette a disappointment today too. Forty six rushing rushing yards and eighteen receiving yards in his last two games. Uh, Leonard Fournette has a total of fifteen point five fantasy points. Uh, you know, as with Cody Kessler, a quarterback, it's become so easy to defend the run as well. Again, uh, Fournette, I, I still expected more from him, even with Kessler under center against Washington. Washington, you know, has been, you know, just trending downward for weeks. All of a sudden, come up with a big win, keep themselves in the playoff hunt. Uh, you know, still putting pressure on Dallas with the Dallas loss to even possibly win the division. Uh, man, I, you you want to talk NFC least? This is the year. NFC least is the least. Calvin Ridley <laughs> Worst today. Uh, in football. Calvin Ridley with with another uh, disappointing performance today. Five catches for forty two yards, as uh, as Atlanta dropped forty points on Arizona, but he just wasn't a big part of it of all at all. He's PPR wise, he has one double figure performance in his last six games. And uh, two in his last ten. Yeah, outside of those three weeks early in the season where he caught the six touchdowns and you know really just jumped on everybody's radar. Oh, we got to get him. Uh, he, you know, defenses started taking him out of games, and you know, of course, Julio started coming into his own with the touchdowns. And you know, once that all started happening, I mean, Ridley has been a guy you couldn't trust, and is hard to trust. To, you know, in your starting lineup. I, I I think a lot of people liked him today with the chance of scoring a lot of points against Arizona, but it's it just not, you know, he'll get there. He's going to be a good wide receiver in this league, but as we always talk about, rookie wide receivers have this tendency. Adrian Peterson, 19 carries, 51 yards, two catches, 20 yards. That's probably what you have to expect from now is mediocrity. James White disappoints again, 12 rushing yards, five catches, for only 25 yards, uh, less than nine points. And James White was like a top 10 fantasy wide receiver by week nine. But uh, 
from week 10 on, he is only at double-figure PPR points in one of five games. Yeah, and that was, what, last week, right? I think. Yeah, there's just uh, – I. Maybe they're trying three week, to keep him. Three week, uh, week 13 against Minnesota. Week 13, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, maybe they're trying to keep him healthy for the playoffs. We know he's always a big play for them in the playoffs. But, you know, it, if you're trying to keep him healthy for the playoffs, that kind of means you want to win these games now anyway, and they're not winning. So it's not really helping. I think they need to go back to him a little bit more. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's – been very disappointing to the the point where people are going to have started pulling him out of uh, their playoff lineups when they when they get this deep. Allen Robinson three catches for fifty four yards. Uh, he has not scored in five consecutive games and uh, seven of his last eight. He has been a huge disappointment this year. I I thought him coming to Chicago. I thought with Matt Nagy there that they would really get him involved and he you know be a, a touchdown machine for Chicago and. Man, it just couldn't be any worse. It's, it's just not not the Allen Robinson we know from Jacksonville. He's just not getting – I don't know if it's not that he's not getting used right or if he's just not playing as well as he did in Jacksonville, but just not the same player right now. Nope. Uh, another guy it's really hard to trust. Uh, Amari Cooper, Oakland showed up today, the Oakland version. After <laughs> uh, after six, six fine weeks uh, – we got we got four catches for thirty two yards today, but uh, you got to think he bounces next back next week against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm sure he will. This this was a game. I mean, Dallas definitely could not get tracked up at all in this offense. Like we talked about already, twenty three nothing. They just couldn't seem to get anything going. Ezekiel Elliott held his own, but it was even a a low game for him and. We know that he basically drives this offense, and if he's not really going well, the rest of the offense doesn't go well. And Dak Prescott did just just did not have a good game. And you enjoyed every minute of it, didn't you? I sure did. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, talk about more Week 15 fantasy disappointments that's coming up next on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Back here for the second hour of Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day. If you're listening, you're probably happy because your fantasy season is. Or it looks like it's continuing into week 16. Hopefully not week 17, because uh, week 17 fantasy Super Bowls just make no sense, uh, Jim Day. 
I'm with you there. I, I, I don't like leagues that play into week 17, unless it's a, a total points league where every week counts, and, and then that's okay. But, you know, head-to-head leagues. I, I don't even like not. it then with the total points because no, I, 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 I lost the total points championship in week 17 one year. That pissed me <laughs> off. Okay, well, then there you go. <laughs> we, we all have our horror, horror stories. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even a fan of total points going to week 17. But then you start thinking, like, uh, you know, especially if your season ended today, what what do you do when the fantasy football season is over? Uh, what, what, what do you do uh, when the fantasy football season is over? What fills that void for you, Jim Day? Uh, most of the time it's music, but uh, probably going to be doing some year-round podcasts uh, for football, doing, you know, covering some dynasty stuff and things along that line just to keep myself busy. You don't play any other fantasy sports besides football? No. I'm really? a football guy, yeah. I, I've, I've gotten out of baseball because I'm a you know, long-time Mets fan. Very hard to watch the Mets any, anymore. Um, and I, I got away from basketball for a long time because I'm a long-time Knicks fan. Kind of makes it hard. Yeah, but shouldn't if you, know, if you root for those type of teams and you have that type of approach, uh, you know, you can win more often in fantasy than you can see your teams win. True, but I, I haven't been into it for so long that I'm so far out of it. I may try and retake up the baseball moniker here this year and see what happens, but I, I've been out of it for a while. We'll see see how that goes. Well, you start you started really getting into DFS this past year. Do you think you see yourself playing DFS baseball? I hear DFS baseball is a lot harder. I'm going to try and start doing some DFS basketball because I'm hearing that that's not as hard uh, just because there's not as much variance. But, uh, you know, I'm, I probably will try. I know I'm going to try a couple of fantasy baseball leagues. Uh, we'll see if we work up to the DFS. Yeah, with DFS basketball tends to be more predictable. Baseball's, baseball's tougher, a lot of, a lot of work, left, right, splits, and uh, things like that. Uh, moving along today, uh, from looking at some other performances, George Kittle looked like he was going to get off early, but then he just uh, caught three passes for 51 yards as Seattle pretty much shut him down in the second half. But the 49ers did find other ways to beat the Seahawks. But kind of a disappointing performance from Kittle today. Well, it, disappointing from Kittle, but all, only because uh, Nick Mullins missed him on a couple of long passes that Kittle was wide open Two. for. He had yeah. two that he could have been yeah. gone for a touchdown on. And yeah, that would have made his day, you know, much more palatable for fantasy owners uh, than than what we got now. And you know, I, I can't put that on Kittle. That was all Mullins. He just missed him wide yeah. open. That's the problem with playing a quarterback like that, though. He can hurt your fantasy potential. Yep. Now maybe if he was playing with Garoppolo, it would have been, would have been different. Juju Smith-Houston was also a disappointment today in a low-scoring game between Pittsburgh and New England. Only four catches for 40 yards. Uh, this was the first time of week since week eight that he had not cracked double-figure uh, fantasy points in a game. Again, though, you know, four catches on 10 targets, just not what you expect, you know, out of Big Ben in this offense. You, uh, just it, this whole game, it just seemed like these two offenses were really fighting to see who could be worse. Unfortunately, Tyler Lock- England, it, it was them. <laughs> Tyler Lockett was a disappointment today, too. Well, last last time against uh, San Francisco, he had only one catch, but it was a 52-yard touchdown reception. And you thought against the secondary, he could get off. And, uh, you know, the, the, 
he did early, you know, very early on, two catches for 45 yards, but then he didn't catch anything the rest of the day. And this was his uh, this was his worst performance since uh, week nine. But he does get Kansas City next week. Yeah, bad time to have this performance. So he was only targeted those early two times and just never again for the rest of the game uh, as San Francisco took him out of the game. This is you know this is always the issue when you have somebody who has you know is touchdown dependent, which he basically is. He's only had a couple of good games, um, you know. Not without the touchdowns, but he could have had without touchdowns. Uh, but, you know, if he doesn't get those touchdowns, he kills you. And this was definitely a game where he didn't get the touchdown and he hurt fantasy owners. Uh, you know, he just long he just joins a long list of players that killed fantasy owners this week. Yeah, but uh, he's he's been touchdown dependent mostly in a positive way, though, when you consider nine touchdowns in 13 no, yeah, games no. so far. Totally agree. Totally agree. And that's why, you know, you were still starting him in week 15 is because he has been so good with those touchdowns. But you always knew that, you know, when he doesn't catch that touchdown, you're going to be in trouble. And today was just that day. Yeah, uh, certainly was. Uh, Jarvis, uh, sorry, he played on Saturday. I forgot about that. Uh, Kenny Drake with a disappointing performance today. Only three catches for 28 yards. And uh, one carry for six yards. Uh, if Frank Gore is going to miss more time, do you think in the few weeks upcoming that we're going to see more of Kalen Balaj at the expense of Kenyon Drake? Well, I think they, they kept Drake out because of his shoulder injury. I, I think they think it's a little bit more than what they were letting on. And that's why I think we saw a lot of Balaj today once, once Gore went out. Uh, because they were just limiting Drake because of that shoulder injury. And if that's the case, we may be seeing Balaj a lot more next week. Adam Humphreys, four catches for 23 yards. Uh, this guy for about a good uh, six-week stretch from week eight to week 13, uh, which is actually, uh, I believe, a five-week stretch. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. No, I'm right, no, six-week six stretch. <laughs> yeah, he, he was... He, he was uh he was emerging as like really a prime wide receiver three, but he's really cooled off the last two weeks with uh with only sixty five receiving yards in his last two games, and he gets Dallas next week, which is not too friendly either. Yeah, he's tough. I mean, as Jameis Winston goes, so goes these wide receivers, and uh, we talked about it earlier. Winston just did not have a good game against Baltimore, and you know Humphreys and Godwin both. Uh, tanked because of it. At least Evans, you know, got you where you needed to be to to be a decent fantasy starter. But the other two, who a lot of people wanted to start, just did not come through. Corey Davis, uh, another disappointing game for him. Two catches for 23 yards. That's two consecutive games in which he hasn't cracked 25 receiving yards after two double-figure games. Before that, uh, he does have Washington next week, but uh, I think if you've been starting Corey Davis, uh, in a lot of cases, your team's been already been eliminated, probably not going to the fantasy Super Bowl. More than likely. Look, the thing with him is I think he needs a true number one on the other side of him. I think he'd be a good complementary wide receiver as a good number two. I just don't think he's got the bones yet to be a steady number one wide receiver. Dak Prescott today uh, with a, with a very disappointing performance. 206 passing yards, no touchdowns, uh, one interceptions. Uh, this this after Dak had 455 yards and three touchdowns uh, the previous week, but he does have Tampa Bay in Week 16. 
And that's you know, that's a good thing. You know, Tampa Bay has actually been playing better defense of late, um, you know, uh, against quarterbacks. On the season, they're 28th. Uh, over the last uh, five weeks, they were number nine. So, you know, they're, they're playing better. So it, I don't know if I'd get that high on him. But, you know, I do expect a little bit more than this out of him. Uh, Indy's defense just played a great game to, and really just had their number right from the get-go. Randall Cobb got in the end zone last week. Today, three catches for 30 yards, and uh, before he had to leave to be evaluated with a concussion, it seems like Cobb's not even rosterable anymore in fantasy football. I don't think he's been rosterable in fantasy football all year. <laughs> you know, with the injuries and everything else going on and the fact that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing as bad as he has, you know, you really it's really hard to trust any fringe player uh, on that passing offense. Once you get past Devontae Adams, there's really nobody else you can count on. David Njoku, three catches for 30 yards. What are people going to start recommending him as a tight end one? Uh, you know, this guy has not scored seven fantasy points in his last three games. And he, he has only cracked, he, he has not cracked 10 fantasy points in PPR in six of his last seven. Uh, David Njoku, to me right now, is not even fantasy rosterable. I agree. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to the drop passes, how many drop passes. You know, when, when Baker Mayfield first came in, joined the team, and, you know, was playing, he, he was going to Njoku a lot, but Njoku was dropping passes. He's still dropping passes. And, and I think it's gotten to a point where Baker Mayfield just doesn't trust him and will only go to him if he's wide open and hope he catches the ball. Uh, Sony Michelle today, 13 carries for 59 yards, not involved in the passing game. But uh, when you look at the film and you look at the way Michelle ran today, he looked healthy and he ran hard. He just... Uh, you know, didn't get enough work with the team playing from behind. He's been, you know, a tough guy to count on. You know, he was, we knew, uh, a touchdown-dependent running back because he doesn't catch the ball. So if he doesn't score a touchdown, you knew it was a, a problem. And then, you know, the last two weeks we had James Devlin uh, taking the touchdowns away from Michelle, so that really took him out of the game plan. You know, a lot of people were thinking that it would be this week that he would bounce back, but this offense just could not get going. No, certainly not. Only 10 points today. Uh, hopefully you didn't stack them in your seasonals. Uh, Sterling Shepard did not step up with Odell Beckham Jr. out. Only two catches for 37 yards. He's just got just 54 receiving yards in his last two games. He had nine targets. He caught two of them. Uh, you know, definitely, again, a bunch of them were just not catchable. Eli was, you know, bad Eli today. I say it all the time. You just never know which Eli steps on the field. Today was not the good Eli. No. Well, according to you, I don't know if there's ever been a good Eli. No, no, there are. There are games where you you, you can't tell until he comes out and throws his first pass. Uh, if, he, if he throws a nice laser completion on the first pass, you're going to get a good Eli that day. If he comes out and throws that floating duck that he likes to throw so way too often, uh, then you know you're in trouble because it's usually either high or it's behind the receiver or it's into the ground. Um, you know, then you know you're in trouble that game, and that was this game. He just did not get on track right from the start. In that same game, Marcus Mariota only 88 uh, passing yards and only 11 rushing yards. This was easily his worst game of the year, and his uh, in his last his last two games, uh, 5.8 and 4.6 fantasy points. 
Uh, you know, just when he seemed to be on a little bit of a run from week nine uh, to 13, four out of five good weeks, he's regressed again. There's absolutely nothing I could say about a quarterback throwing for 88 yards. There's absolutely nothing I could say about that. Uh, look, they had the that game stinks. handily. The, 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 the run, running game was carrying the game. I get it. But 88 yards, I mean, that, that just, come on. You and I could throw for 88 yards in the NFL. All right, uh, Jared Cook today, only two catches for 23 yards. Uh, just a case of a good player having a bad game? Well, this this is Jared Cook being Jared Cook. He, he's always been inconsistent. He's had a great season for Jared Cook. Uh, unfortunately, he just let you down at the wrong time in what looked like a really good matchup. Uh, Jameis Winston, 157 yards, no touchdowns. And uh, one interception, the matchup definitely taking its toll on him. He's now looked really bad like two weeks in a row, and he's got Dallas coming up next week. Yeah, this, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big Jameis Winston fan, never have been. I, I thought their bet- chances were better with Fitzpatrick. I know he throws has games where he throws some interceptions and yada, yada, yada. I, I just I, I don't think Winston is their franchise quarterback. You know, I think this is really going to point that out to them. Uh, the way he's finishing this season. Rob Gronkowski had a 100-yard game against Miami last week. Uh, you know, a lot of talk, uh, you know, by by us too uh, on Sunday morning about how he usually owns the Steelers. And Gronkowski let his fantasy owners down in a big way, probably in DFS a lot too, with just two catches for 21 yards. Uh, you know, a lot of Patriot haters want to hear this too, but when you look at Brady and Gronkowski's production this year and games like today, you have to wonder if the ride's coming to an end. Oh, I definitely think it's coming to an end. It, it's definitely getting close. Let's say, um, you know, he, he was Brady missed him on a couple of passes where he was open. Would have helped his numbers a little bit, but they really they they tried to bracket him almost every time he went out for a pass. Uh, and you know, trying to to shut him down, and they did exactly what they needed to do to get the win. Sometimes, you know, uh, fantasy analysts talk about a matchup and uh, how it's a tasty looking matchup, but a lot of times, the, you have to consider that maybe the player can't take advantage of, and that was the case with Doug Martin against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Nine catches for nine carries for thirty nine yards. You also have to consider game flow with a guy like this. The Raiders often get scripted out of things. I know there was a lot of talk that a lot of people liked Doug Martin this week, but uh, I just felt like it wasn't worth it. Yeah, he's been a tough guy to to trust. Everybody was on him because he scored a few touchdowns the last few weeks, but he wasn't really getting a lot of yardage with those touchdowns. So, you know, the goal line plungers are nice, but when you're getting 50 50 yards, 40 yards with those goal line plunges, it's really hard to count on that. Uh, Also today, uh, James Devlin did not get in the end zone, which I guess is a good thing. Uh, a very disappointing day for Adam Thielen, not involved in any of those big plays. Two catches for 19 yards, easily his worst uh, worst game of the season. Yeah, he was <laughs> uh, totally down. I, I was getting uh, tweets about him uh, basically all day. What's going on with Adam? Is he hurt? Is he on the field? Is he even playing? And uh, Yeah, unfortunately he was playing, but he just wasn't playing. <laughs> uh, it just, wow. Bad week, just all over the board for so many great players, and, you know, it is what it is, but, man, it hurts. 
Yeah, it certainly does. Like you've had Lamar Miller, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyreek Hill, uh, guys like that. Uh, your fantasy Barkley. season, very, very, very likely Barkley. You've a lot of times, like it's it's just a very, very hollow, hollow, uh, helpless feeling, fantasy-wise, when you have such a good team. You know, like if if you had say Barkley, Amber Jones, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, George Kittle. And he got knocked out today. You feel like you had such a good season, and then you're left with that empty feeling, Jim. You're left with a big empty feeling, no doubt about it. Hollow stomach. All right, coming up next, another prime example of how it's not always just about the matchup. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day, wrapping up week 15 for you. Hopefully you're looking forward to week 16 as well. Hopefully it won't be crappy as a week for uh, fantasy quarterbacks. I, I thought I got a bad performance. We got a bad performance for Patrick Mahomes on Thursday night, but uh, turns out it was one of the better performances of the week. Yeah, really. It's just it was a terrible week for quarterbacks. Unfortunately, those quarterbacks t- took a lot of fantasy players down with them. Sometimes they did. Sometimes they didn't. Though, when you consider a lot of these quarterbacks, like you know, had like mediocre or just respectable outings. Uh, you know, it was the quarterbacks that like they probably matched each other in a lot of cases. In what way? Well, uh, let's say you had uh, Russell Wilson going against uh, Mitchell Trubisky. They both scored the the exact same amount of points. Yeah, right. That way. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Very true. A lot of the top quarterbacks. More likely the other quarterback did a bad game too, right? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But if you had had Andrew Luck, though, that's certainly different. Yeah, that definitely kicked your butt. Yeah, and you you fantasy players tend to remember these kind of things, uh, Jim. It's uh, oh, you kidding? You know, they, 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 they take out <laughs> they, they take out contracts on on NFL players after weeks like this. <laughs> oh yeah, they also kill them on Twitter too, and uh, you oh, know man. they'll say, they'll say some really nasty things, and they'll give the fantasy industry a bad reputation. I re- I remember going up to a veteran Major League Baseball player a few years ago in a clubhouse and. Asking him what he thought of fantasy, I said, I hate it. I said, why? He said, because whatever I do bad, people are real nasty to me. And then he said, but you know what, though? I do have my fantasy football draft coming up in a few weeks. So there's the <laughs> flip side of it. It's like all the baseball players like play in their football leagues. Yeah, right. There's definitely quite a few of them, no doubt. You know, everybody, you know, everybody's trying to get into the fantasy football craze. Until they hit weeks like this, and then I'm sure there's a ton of them out there saying, I'm never playing this game again. When's the next draft? 
Oh yeah, it's like uh, like fantasy players they'll swear the game off after a week like this because it's it's so much work. It's it's you know it's a lot of work that you invest to get this deep into the fantasy football season and then to get eliminated is a really hollow feeling. Uh, a lot of people like don't do what we do. It's like we will play in like anywhere from like uh, you know eight to like thirty leagues. You know, depending on who you talk to, it's like I'll talk to Drew Loftus of the New York Post too, and you know that guy plays in like uh like 135 leagues, you know, roughly, you know, something like that. Uh, but when you have that many leagues, though, uh, when you, when you have just one league, though, it's it's almost like when you talk about having multi entries in DFS, when you have more leagues, you have more chances to win. I think it's more fun, and then it, it feels more satisfying for. You know, somebody like me, too, when I end up in 10 leagues and I, I make the playoffs in seven, the final four and six, and I know I'll go to the Super Bowl at least three, maybe five. Yeah, no, it definitely helps. It, 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 it's more life or death to people that play one or two leagues. Uh, my wife drives me crazy. She plays in one league. Uh, it's a work league. She won last year. Uh, she's in the playoffs now, and, and she, it's not looking good for her in week 15, and she's kind of freaking out. Uh, making me kind of nuts, but that's just the way it goes. It does seem to affect those people that play in one or two leagues a lot more than us that play in so many. For me, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. You win some, you lose some, and, you know, hope for the best. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah, you have some good years and you have some bad years, too. It's uh, uh, whether you play in one league or a lot of leagues, uh, you're gonna have some. You're gonna have some good runs, and you, you're gonna have some bad runs. You know, it's like I, I had a run of like three years where I wasn't uh, wasn't winning anything, and then I'm, I'm having runs of like three years where like you know I'm, I'm dominant. You know, because you know fantasy football is not an easily predictable game, especially when you're talking about spontaneous athletic execution a lot. Yeah, you you love that spontaneous uh, execution. Yeah, no, I I agree. Look, and not only that, you know, just because we deal in stats and we, you know, everything's on paper and we look at it, the game doesn't flow that way. I don't care no matter what the matchup is like, what the players are going against, you know, they, they could be going against the worst defense in the league. If that defense that day decides they want to step up and play look these are all grown men playing for pride and they're in the nfl so the the worst nfl defense in the world is still a great defense when all is said and done um so you know the, they have games when they can just step up and play big and you know they want to show a little something to the world as well and you know those are the games that are just hard to predict and they're just going to bite you in the butt yeah, the average fan tends to look at things differently from the outside, and just not—it's not the way it goes down in, in the professional world. Uh, you know, they say, "Oh, that team doesn't have to play for nothing, anything." Uh, you know, they're just—you know—the other team's automatically going to win because they're better. And you know, look at San Francisco beating Seattle this week, and last week the Raiders beating Pittsburgh. You know, that's why the old cliche is out there that any given Sunday, any team can beat any other. That's exactly right. You're talking about a, a bunch of grown men that, you know, hey, maybe they, they there's something that happened in the locker room that got them fired up this week. Maybe the coach just gave a great speech. You know, it's just you never know what's going on behind the scenes that we don't see that could really influence a game. And, you know, because of that, it, it that's why it's not an exact science. If it was, it'd be boring, though. To your point, you know, when, uh, when San Francisco beat Seattle, 
this week, uh, you know, after they got blown out in Seattle two weeks ago, they said they took that game personally and was looking forward to the rematch. Exactly right. And they, they they did it. They did exactly what they wanted to do. They they wanted to prove that they can you know beat Seattle in a in a game that was a big game for Seattle, and they did exactly that. Played spoiler. You see it a lot. Uh, then then they do the other thing about uh, you know with, with matchups. A lot of times, the average fantasy player, especially if uh, if the offensive player has a tough matchup, they worry about it. But if they don't, you know, they expect the player to go off. But the player has to be able to take advantage of the matchup. And I was talking about this all week, and, you know, I think you heard me talking about on Sunday morning that the Raiders were so bad against the tight end this morning that, you know, everybody was rec- recommending C.J. Uzuma. And I, I just couldn't do it. Uh, and he ended up with one catch for 27 yards. You 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 could you could say like a player has a really good matchup, but you know, sometimes the, the the player has to be able to take advantage of that matchup. Coming in, Uzuma never had a game above fifty five yards this this year, and he only had two touchdown receptions. The guy's been a huge disappointment being asked to step into the role. I agree, and I said the same thing this morning. I didn't like him the, even with the great matchup this week just because every time I did give him some trust this year, he let me down, and there was no way I was doing that week 15. Answer me this. What happened to Josh Gordon today? One catch for 19 yards. <laughs> I have no clue what happened to Josh Gordon today. That was definitely not something I saw coming. He's been playing so well. Did they leave him uh, in Cleveland was- or something? Yeah, and it's not even that. I mean, he only got targeted twice. I just, I have no no rhyme or reason for this. This was a game that, you know, I, I expected him to be part of a big number. And, it, man, 10 points scored by New England, just not what we expect, especially this late in the season. Yeah, we expect that offense to be so explosive, and it's been very disappointing. Uh, Kenny Stills has played real well with Ryan Tannehill, but it just didn't happen today. Uh, I know he was liked as a DFS play, and usually those guys get it right. But I, 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 I couldn't see Stills doing anything against Minnesota, and he had one catch, one catch for 17 yards. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was definitely not the best day for Kenny Stills. And again, he's another one of those guys. He's got good upside because you know we've seen him score multiple touchdowns in games before. But we've also seen the bottom drop out, just like with this. So, you know, while he has the upside, he has no floor. Zero is his floor. Yeah, he is. You know, I, I, you know that that guy's very, very boomer bust. Uh, so I, I usually don't want him on my seasonal fantasy teams, and I'm kind of uh, kind of afraid to take him in daily as well. Zay Jones, we talked about how quiet he was today. One catch for 11 yards. Uh, after a big week 13, we have only seen four catches for 33 yards in the last two weeks for Zay Jones. Uh, yeah, he's getting back to his uh, his 2017 ways of uh, just disappearing once on the field. Yeah, one catch for 11 yards, six targets, though. Uh, so, you know, you expect a little bit more out of that. He just couldn't pull him down. John Ross with one catch for six yards today. In his last three games, John Ross has uh, 30 receiving yards. Yeah, I'm not a John Ross guy, so this is not affecting me at all. Uh, I don't have him on any of my 173 leagues. (laughs) Cameron Brayton, also a big disappointment today. 
Uh, one catch for nine yards and uh, didn't get in the end zone against uh, a Baltimore team that, if anything, was vulnerable to the tight end position more than anything else. They were. They've given up six touchdowns. They've given up almost uh, 850 yards leading into this game. So it, you, the one place that we thought that they may have a shot would be tight end, but they just could not get anything going. Uh, literally, Baltimore just literally shut them down completely, except for you know Peyton Barber ended up having a decent game and Mike Evans, but Mike Evans is Mike Evans. Outside of that, there wasn't anything to like here. When Eric Ebron has a bad game, uh, he has a real bad game, and he uh, he, he 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 sort he sort of uh, makes up for it in a negative way for all those big numbers he might put up uh, in other weeks for him. Uh, he did get shut out in Week 11. Uh, week 15 felt very much the same with just one catch for eight yards. Uh, it, Eric Ebron, one of my teams, advanced with him on it, but he did nothing to help it. You know, he absolutely didn't. Uh, this was a, a killer week, week 15. But, uh, again, you know, it was just because of the big lead. They didn't really have to throw the ball a lot. And when that happens, we we know the receivers and, and tight ends are going to suffer. And this was just one of those weeks where he killed you. He's had a great year. If you've had him, you, you've loved every minute of it until now. And you also didn't love week 11 when he got a zero either. Yeah, but week 11 wasn't as important as week 15. That's true. That's true. But they, they, they both hurt. LeGarrette Blood only seven carries for nine yards today. You know, this guy had 88 yards and two touchdowns against Chicago in Thanksgiving, but now he's getting out touched by Zach Zenner. Yeah, again, something, one of those things, you just, you, you see him have a good game against a really tough defense and figure, okay, he's set now, you know, with with on Johnson out, he's going to be the guy, and all of a sudden, Zenner's in there, you know, taking the goal line touches and, and getting more, you know, actual touches in the game. It's just, it, this game is so weird sometimes, that no matter how much we think we know, we know nothing. Well, uh, you know, next week, uh we- possible we could see Carrion Johnson back. It could be a week 16 where we get Carrion Johnson, James Conner, and Melvin Gordon all back. Yeah, now you just got to hope that you made it to week 16 that actually be able to use them. Yeah, you got to be uh, nifty and work in the waiver wire. Actually, one of the teams I eliminated this uh, this week, we did one of those silly two-week playoffs for ESPN, and uh, he had both Melvin Gordon and James Conner as his starting running backs uh, coming in. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's definitely a hit right there. There's nothing about that that you like. No, certainly not. And, uh, you know, at this point, you know, it's like people look at things in the summer. Who would have thought that we would have been recommending Josh Allen over Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers at this point of the year? I have to think, like, a lot of the Brady and Rodgers owners just – have to be eliminated by this point and, uh, with the Rodgers owners, certainly even earlier. Uh, to- totally agree, especially because most people just won't pull them out of the lineup no matter how bad they're playing because they are Brady and Rodgers. And, you know, your favorite saying, strip the name off the back. Most people just can't do that. No, they can't They they, they can't seem to, to, uh, to do it. You know, but J- Josh Allen today, you know, we spoke about him before. You know, the rushing yards weren't there, but he, he did get a rushing touchdown. Uh, you know, Josh Allen's a surprise. I didn't think – a lot of people didn't even think he was going to be rosterable all year long. No, no. The, uh, until they finally really let him start running the ball, that's when he, he came into play. We knew he could run. 
coming in. I mean, that was one, definitely one of his fortes in college was that he was a great runner, but they just weren't letting him run early. They wanted to turn him into that pocket passer. And, you know, it, it takes time to develop that when you're not doing that coming out of college. And, you know, finally they got to a point, I guess, where they said, you know what, this isn't working for us. Let's let the kid play the game the way he knows how to play the game. And all of a sudden he's lighting it up because he's rushing for 100 yards a game. Now, you know, he didn't do that this week because, we, you know, as we talked about this morning, Detroit is really good against rushing quarterbacks playing mostly his own defense. It's really hard to run against that. You know, if you go up against man-to-man, then a lot of times they can get quarterbacks and gain yards because they start running. Most of the defenders have their back to them they're, as they're chasing receivers. When you're playing zone, most of the defenders are facing forward. They can see that quarterback start to run, and everybody converges. And that's what we saw today with only 16 rushing yards. But he did get in the end zone, and he still outscored you know, to most other quarterbacks this week. Yeah, that, that's certainly true. And, you know, like we've, like we've been saying, it was just like – a bad, bad week for quarterbacks, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, some of your other players uh, picked you up this week as well. Uh, you know, some, some other, some, some other guys, though. Just you know, note, noting along in my head, you know, some of the guys are playing on on, uh, on like Kenny Galladay. Uh, you know, somebody was asking me about him this morning and saying, oh, he had a terrible week last week. You know, I'm I'm uh, getting a pit in my stomach, you know, just thinking about starting him. And then Galladay turned around and had a good game. It's like, how much can you really react to last week? Do you really think that certain guys are going to get shut down uh, the way they were last week? Like Amari Cooper was really shut down this week, but you know he's going to be calling for the ball. And Dak's probably going to be trying to get it to him in that old cliched squeaky uh, wheel gets the grease kind of thing uh, next week. Yeah, but there were a lot of things pointing to Galladay. And it wasn't just last week. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, he hasn't really shown the tendency to be a true number one wide receiver that could defeat, you know, the top defenders on the other team. And not only that, he was going up against, you know, one of the best defenses in the league in Buffalo today and Trader Various White, who's had a great season. Yet he just put up a monster game. It, sometimes it just doesn't matter what the paper says. These are men trying to prove points to themselves and to their teammates. And for whatever reason, they're going to step up and have a great game. And, and that's what Galladay did. I didn't like him this week. I'll admit it. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody to start Galladay this week. I thought he'd be a bust. Uh, again, it's just, you know, it's the nature of the beast. Uh, these are grown men that, you know, have the psyche that they want to be the best. And sometimes they just come through with it. And he just had a monster game. Yeah, then you look at Marlon back today, too. And you certainly didn't expect him, but, uh, you know, football's an emotion of a game of intangibles and emotion, and just sometimes results don't go the way that you expect, but that's why it keeps it challenging, it keeps it fun. More Fantasy Football Rewind coming up next. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. 
The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. All right, back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day. Want to be the next daily fantasy legend? Try DailyRoto.com for free this holiday season. That's right, free advice from fantasy pros. Free NBA DFS projections, free optimizer access, and free everything else. You need to dominate daily fantasy basketball this holiday season. Stuff your stockings with cold, hard cash and get free access to Daily Roto. With the promo code DR Holidays to access your free trial. That's dailyroto.com, promo code DR Holidays. So, uh, we're watching this NFL playoff picture uh, flesh out. In the AFC, the Chiefs uh, are still atop uh, top the perch at 11 and 3 uh, right now as the top seed. But, uh, you know, they, they, have the same, they have the same record as the Chargers. So, uh, yeah, and the Chiefs actually head to Seattle for Sunday night football uh, next week, so it's not going to be easy for them. Uh, the Chief, the Chargers actually did a lot of fantasy owners a favor this past week when uh, when, when they beat the Chiefs because if the Chiefs would have won to, won this week and combined with the Patriots' loss, they would have had nothing to play for the uh, this upcoming week. But thankfully, they do have something to play off play for now. Uh, you have to figure that Mahomes could be good for three to four touchdown passes against uh, against the Seattle secondary, especially if they're missing Bradley McDougal, who got injured today. So I think you're feeling good about, uh, you know, if you have Patrick Mahomes going into week 16. Uh, Tyreek Hill was able to play through the injury. He wasn't great, but, uh, you know, certainly Tyreek Hill, now Dr. A has said, you know, he's worried about him re-aggravating it, maybe missing two to three weeks for the re-aggravation, but it doesn't affect his running and cutting. Well, that's good to know. Uh, you know, hopefully that, that stays the same. You know, if you do make it to week 16, uh, probably because you have guys like Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, that played so well all year, and you're probably going to need him. It, it should be a good matchup, but, you know, Seattle's always so much tougher at home. That crowd is just, well, you know, you've been there. Yeah, recently actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, I was, I was talking to Corey Parson about it. It's uh, the way they built the stadium. It's not only to keep the rain off the fans, but the uh, crowd noise actually ricochets off the roof. Really, it ricochets off the roof. That'd be pretty cool. I'd love to see that. Never, never been to that stadium. I'd like to go out there at least once. I it, look. I, I'm a Giants fan, but I love Russell Wilson. I've loved him since he came in the league. I, I just think he's one of the smartest quarterbacks out there. Um, and you know, I man, I'd love to see them play in person. Yeah, the uh, they actually demonstrated to us when they uh, when they went on the stadium guided tour. They did the chant "See Hawks," and uh, when we did the Hawks, like you actually hear the sound ricocheting like off off the roof. Nice. So the crowd's loud enough to begin with, but then the sound ricochets. So the, the Chiefs are in good position right now. Uh, you know, they they just kind of keep winning to to pretty much control their destiny. 
the Texans actually now are the second seed at ten and four yes. after winning uh, winning on Sunday, and uh, you know that nine game winning streak after they started zero and three, uh, you know, has now put them in the second spot. Yeah, this is crazy. I, I mean, the Chargers at eleven and three, and you know, right now the fifth seed. Uh, you know, it just stinks for them. It, it, it's tough at the fifth seed. You know, you, you don't even get the, the home field in any, in any game. And, you know, it, it's going to be tough for them to win it all on the road. So, you know, if, if Kansas City wins out, that's just going to be crazy for the Chargers. Well, the Chargers could win out right, though. And the good thing for fantasy purposes is, you know, that these two teams are still tied record-wise you know, heading into next week. And if, like, both of them win or both of them lose, if you have a Week 17 fantasy Super Bowl, both these teams might be playing for something. Yeah, really. These are two teams that probably won't be involved. Actually, you know, it, it goes for the, the uh, NFC as well. I mean, you know, between the, the Saints and the Rams, you know, this is looking like a battle for these two guys to try and eclipse a home field advantage throughout the playoffs as well. So, you know, it's going to keep them fighting. Uh, it's going to keep the Bears fighting because they they're still have a chance at getting home field. So, you know, it, it those kind of things are what we need. If you do play in the Week 17, you need them to have a reason to play. And right now it looks like it's going to come down to it for everybody. Yeah, and for also DFS-wise, you know, you want these – these teams to be playing for something instead of, uh, you know, sitting guys or, you know, looking towards the future. Uh, you know, also also in the AFC, uh, you know, if you had the wild card round starting right now, the, the Chargers, like you mentioned, they would be the highest seed if the playoffs were to open right now. They they would be hosting the Ravens, which would probably probably a good game. You know, Phillip Rivers is having his best year ever. Uh, you know, this, you know, he's got the momentum to prove something going into the playoffs. Uh, you know, the, the Chargers have not made the playoffs since 2013. And Phillip Rivers has a four and five uh, career playoff record with 11 touchdown passes and nine interceptions. So it's time for him to start uh, changing the narrative here, if anything. Well, he's already doing that. You know, every other season they get off to a slow start and then they fight to try and come back and usually get within one game of the playoffs and then just not enough to get in. This is the year that they've changed that narrative and, you know, starting 11-3, and three, best season they've had in a long time. And it, a lot of it is due to Rivers playing exceptional football. You know, I know you don't like Rivers, but he's playing good football right now. And, you know, I'm not going to base – what he can do this year in the in the playoffs because of what he's done in the past because he's playing better football right now. I I would say that's an overstatement to say I, I don't like Rivers. I think he's been a fine regular season quarterback, but I think the playoff facts stand for themselves. Uh, he's certainly looking like he could turn it around this year, but you know they've changed the narrative that. You know, they didn't choke and not make the playoffs, but he still has to change the narrative that he's he hasn't been a winner in the postseason. Well, a lot of people have to change that narrative, and the only way they do it is by doing it. And this is going to be the year. I told you my preseason pick was the Rams against the Chargers in the Super Bowl, and it's going to happen. An all-L.A. Super Bowl, according to the fantasy Taz. But can, uh, can Phillip Rivers prove that he's better in the past? That's a big question. You know, he's got an 85 postseason quarterback rating lifetime. The Steelers, uh, the Steelers getting a big, big win uh, right now. They're, they're the projected fourth seed uh, for for the AFC playoffs, 
And after a three-game losing streak, this was a big, big win for them. More mentally rather than anything, uh, it was Ben Roethlisberger's record against uh, against the New England Patriots four and ten now after this. But, Dan, you're right. This was a big win. They needed this win because they have been fading. Uh, you know, definitely we talked about it before. The the Oakland loss last week was just debilitating. They needed a win to to get back on the right track to keep that you know half game lead over Baltimore to to take that four seed. They they have to play you know at least one home game to have any shot. I think because I think they are going to have trouble against these teams on the road. Offensively, they were disappointment this week. You figured they would do better, but both those teams were a big disappointment. And, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Houston, if you were depending on him, you know, he might have helped you get eliminated from your fantasy playoffs as good as a season that, he, that he's had this year. Yeah, that's what my wife is lamenting right beside me, the fact that Juju Smith did nothing today. Um, one of her one of her big game, you know, guys all year and didn't come through for her in this week uh, 15 matchup. And, Again, you know, the people with only one league seems to be do or die for them. And when they die, they die hard. Uh, the Patriots are now 9-5 and five. Uh, right now. If the season were to end today, though, they'd still be the third seed. Uh, they would host the Ravens in a, in a playoff game. But uh, with the way the Patriots are right now, you know, it's for the first time in uh, I don't know how long. We, it, it wouldn't shock me to see them, like, eliminated from the first, their first playoff game. It wouldn't shock anybody. I would think at this point they are just not playing the same Patriots. Now, look, they do still have talent, though. So, you know, in any given game, they could step up and make that big game. So They still you know, got Belichick. I, it, right. So it wouldn't surprise me either if they go to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> so you, know, they, you have both sides of the coin with the Patriots. They are not playing good football right now, uh, but they can turn it around at any time. But, you know, I'm with you. I just don't know if they do. They just don't look that strong right now. I mean, if you look at the AFC, the, the Patriots are the most battle-tested and successful team in the postseason. Roethlisberger has won two Super Bowls, uh, you know. But then uh, the teams that you know, Patrick Mahomes has no playoff experience. Uh, Philip Rivers has had really no playoff success. Deshaun Watson has no playoff experience. You know, right now, the two to three teams that are the favorites, though, it's like they're, they're, uh, their quarterbacks are not battle-tested. Uh, you know, Rivers, maybe uh, with the combination of experience that he has and the way he's playing, you know, maybe the, uh, that team is ready. Uh, yeah, but the Ravens, Ravens are going to be a tough out too. They've they've been playing really good defense, but I just don't think their style of offense, you know, fits the playoff atmosphere. No, I, I don't expect the the Ravens to do anything in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is fun to watch. Uh, he's a good running back, but he he is not a good enough quarterback yet to win playoff games, and I just don't see them having that to do that. I mean, they literally would have to be carried by their defense having an amazing game. And, you know, I just – there's too many good offenses here for that, I think, to happen. Yeah, you know uh, you know how people do their fantasy football playoff polls. Uh, you want guys who, are like, extend as deep into the fantasy playoffs as you possibly can. And I don't think people are going to want a lot of Ravens. 
Yeah, no, I agree. No, I, I, nor a lot of Texans, I don't think. Um, you know, I just don't see Houston being that team either. I know they're 10-4, and four, but I just don't think they're good enough to take on these top teams in the playoffs. You, you said it. Watson doesn't have any experience in the playoffs at, at all. And, they, you know, while the defense is playing well for them, the offense just isn't playing good enough to take over these games. And I just don't think they're going to be very competitive against some of these other teams. The Bears right now are the third seed in the NFC after winning their first division title since 2010. Right now, they uh, they sit at 10 and four, and uh, the defense is just playing great. And Trubisky, look, the numbers haven't been that good recently, but he's not making any critical mistakes. Right, he's keeping them in the game. He's doing what he has to do that way, and the defense is carrying the load, a lot of the load anyway. Um, you know, and that could work. We, we've seen, you know, great defenses take over playoffs before. We didn't expect it this year because we've seen a lot of these great defenses get decimated by these great offenses. But, you know, you get into the cold weather. If they, teams play outside, and, you know, they will get a home game. It, it, it's tough to go into Chicago at the end of December and win a home game. Yeah, uh, a away game, I'm sorry, against them. The Cowboys right now are the fourth seed, and uh, people were talking about them as the hottest team in football uh, You know, coming into this week. And, you know, impressive defense. Uh, they got Sean Lee back this week, you know, to create a nice problem with Kyle Vandenesh back there as well. Like, who do you play? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott catching passes out of the backfield. Amari Cooper, a great story. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they get shut out by the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, again, one of those storylines you just can't see, you know, happening, but it happens. And, you know, it, it's going to do one of two things. It's either going to totally demoralize them and, you know, crush them for the rest of the season, or it, it's going to give them the kick in the butt that they need to, to say, okay, okay, we're, we've been playing well, but we're not all the way there yet. Let, let's work harder. Let's dig in and show the world that, you know, last week was the aberration, not the other games we've had this season, that we are truly that team that, you know, we want to be talked about in that way as being one of the top teams in the league. Uh, they're really going to have to step it up in the next two weeks to point that out. Look, Washington's nothing. Washington got the win today, so they're still in the mix, but there's, there's no way they are in the mix. If they make it to the playoffs, they are a one-and-done team. They, there's no way about it. Uh, you know, and pretty much could say that for all these other you know teams, except for the Vikings. The Vikings, are the only team I could see, even though they're not having a great season, if they end up backing into the playoffs, they're the one team that could step it up. They're you know they're finally getting Dalvin Cook healthy. Uh, you know, defense is playing well. That offensive line is still a little shaky, but you know this is a team that has enough weapons where they could step it up and come up big in the playoffs if they get there. Yeah, they do have some talent on defense. I believe they had eight sacks today against Miami, so they were a good start fantasy-wise on defense. Right now they are the sixth seed. Uh, and there was a lot of talk about Seattle coming into this week, too, because you know, they had the real off three straight impressive wins. They started off 0-2, and, and they were 8-3 and three since then. And, uh, you know, then they, they suffer a stunning loss to the 49ers where people are not now going to start questioning about, okay, you know, how solid of a playoff contender are they really? And you have to question that. You you lose to a, you know a team like San Francisco at this point in the season where every you know win matters uh, huge, especially for them you know, to make sure they stay in that playoff hunt. 
you know, it, it's a tough game to lose, and, and I'm sure they're feeling it right now. Again, it might just be, you know, the kind of thing that just gives them the kick that says, okay, we need to step it up, and hopefully that's what we see from them. Well, uh, we really have to step it up next Sunday night when they host Kansas City. You, you mentioned Washington. Uh, they're just on the outside looking in at 7-7. Seven and seven. If the Panthers are able to upset uh, the Saints to, on Monday night, uh, you know, they they still have a chance. You know, they're mathematically alive, but their season could be over. What kind of Panthers team are you expecting to see uh, on Monday night? Because, you know, this team has lost five in a row, and every week the narrative has been, you know, this team's got to turn it around. You know, they, they have to win this week. And, you know, they've lost five in a row. And they're just not playing good football, and Cam is hurt, and, you know, all of that. So the narrative is easy that New Orleans should come in and, you know, win this game just outright, no problems, no fuss, no muss, except New Orleans hasn't been doing that of late. So I think that makes this into a game. You know, we're talking about a game here on Monday night where, you know, the over-under is 50, New Orleans is on the road a six-point favorite, but, you know, they haven't been playing that dominating kind of football that they were playing earlier in the season as well. So this could be a game that they get it right. But they, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a dogfight. Yeah, it could be lowest scoring, and I'd probably take the under. Uh, I think they're playing differently than they were early in the season. Earlier in the season, they were more explosive. Now it seems like for the last five weeks, they've been playing better defense, and they've been a good fantasy defense uh, You know, along that run, too, with like double-figure performances fantasy defense-wise in each of the past five weeks. Yeah, they've definitely been getting it done on defensive side of the ball second half of the season. But now we're rounding into what we were seeing last year in that the better defense, the the better running game with Ingram back and, you know, is taking away from Drew Brees in that passing game. Yeah, not quite as explosive. And who can you really trust outside of Michael Thomas? Uh, the Colts, with their impressive win today, they're still very much in the race at 8-6. and six. Uh, The Titans are still right there. The Dolphins and the Browns are mathematically alive, but even as impressive the Browns won, though, I think, you know, them and Miami are pretty much out of it. But you're never out of it if you listen to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll see you next week, Super Bowl week, on Fantasy Football Rewind.